Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right, so now we do this. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right, yeah, I know. I love the fact he kind of fluffs it right at the I end know, there. It just, just, the end just yeah, still brings it home, though, don't you, yes, Andrew Horn? Stalls it out. Well done, Andrew. Well <laughs> done, sir. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality docky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the turquoise jewel that is Woodfield Brown. <laughs> With me of the fake turquoise crack, cracky ring, that is. Lucy Freeman. You know what? That wasn't even Brum. That was deepest, darkest Sandwell. Well, I gave oh, you there. That <laughs> <laughs> really was the black country. I don't know. My, my, my Brummy family saying, we don't we don't speak like that, Woodfield. <laughs> we really don't. Uh, and the last part of Linda's over-pronunciation, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumbly Dum is our old mucker, Andrew Horn, that lovely bloke who uh, is so much part of the Dumbly Dum community. But Lucy... Yes. If one of our listeners would like to send us in a dum-de-dum or become a cooler, how can they do that? If you would like to leave us your thoughts, a dum-de-dum or a plot prediction, or be so amazed at eating something that isn't soup that you're still talking about it three days later, leave us a message on SpeakPipe <laughs> via dumtydum.com or call us on 0203 this week, we need to thank Shambridge for our amazing voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, from whom we hear later, Cosmo for his episode roundups. And uh, thank you to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is getting excited about Christmas. He always picks an advent calendar. And this year, he plumped for the Wilco calendar, which has a tool behind every window. And on the 24th, <laughs> the door opens to reveal little baby Jesus holding a torque wrench. <laughs> Oh, that 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 that's quite good. Uh, we need to also thank Mike Hatton for we said doing not not just for his character counts, oh, sorry. Luce. Sorry, sorry. Right, he's he's listened to he, he listens to the show. He's such an integral part of our community that last week I put out a plea uh, for either Cosmo or for Mike. Well, I actually said Cosmo. 
to do um, a page on the website which has the year when major characters entered the show. So ah, people, so people can it, work out who they are. Yeah, and he's done it. Oh. Like I said, Cosmo, you do it. You've got more than enough time on your hands. And Mike <laughs> beat him to the punch. So <laughs> well done, Mike. And yeah. Cosmo has, has helped and has, has put in some details. So, folks, uh, before we go on any further... You can check out your Archers Vintage by going on to dumdydum.com and uh, the page is there. I'm going to link it from the homepage. So it's a permanent thing. So you'll know your Archers Vintage. For argument's sake, if you started listening in 1959, you are a David Archer because that's when he was born. There you go. We know everything now. So none of this, I don't know, right? <laughs> I just started listening whenever. Just go on the website and then become a first-time caller in a row. Right now on this week's show, we've got calls galore. We've got Julie from Pickering. Oh, and she actually says which Pickering she's from. She's cleared that up for us. KJ with a spoon and Claire. Oh, my Vicky and Mary, not contrary. But first, before the caller in us, we missed it last week. It's our loose and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> Now, any of you are driving to work or something and you have the Kitty Winks in the car, there is a rude bit of sweary naughty words in this. So don't let Kitty Winkies listen. Thanking you. This week's omnibus was entitled Carry On Up Lakey Hill. As we know, I'm a big fan of the entendre, whether double or single, but this week was sponsored by a whoopee cushion and a pair of false breasts. Tom has done it again. Well done, Sausage Boy. He has progressed from the psychotic pig girl to Princess Natasha, Queen of the World. She knows about trees and marketing, Natasha does, said Tom proudly with the air of someone who's discovered a talking badger. She's not a farmer, though, is she, said Tony, as if he was saying she's a bit of a devil worshipper, though, isn't she? She doesn't like cinnamon, but then who does when it's in a bloody lamb stew? Cinnamon even manages to cock up an apple pie, so only a crazed loon like Pat would think putting it in a lamb stew is a good idea, which she probably Mm. got out of her Cooking the Amish Way recipe book. It sits on the shelf next to Pat's well-thumbed copy of 742 Things to Do with a Flaccid Leak and Soup, the Clever Cook's Waste Disposal. (laughs) I think Natasha may be pitching her ideas a little high, bearing in mind the standards of the Bridge Farm Archers. She bought Pat some firming under eye gel, which is probably a bit advanced for a woman who freely admits to bursting into tears when she saw her son in clean clothes. Tony didn't even want to put clothes on to eat. (laughs) Generally, apparently, he just sits at the table in an old cardigan and nothing else. It doesn't bother anyone, but it does get a bit risky when they have pickled walnuts. Tom was going out with (laughs) Natasha somewhere exciting, so he was in a very good mood. It's one of those snazzy American-style bars where they chuck shakers about and everyone's got their trousers on, he said excitedly. What young person says snazzy, for crying out loud? That's what your grandma says about a pair of rainbow braces when you're 13. Oh, I say they're snazzy. The hunt ball (laughs) went swimmingly. Rafe kicked up a fuss, but when your name is Rafe, you must feel permanently chippy, I'd imagine. (laughs) psychotic pig girl persuaded tom to tell princess natasha queen of the world about their sausage arrangements in the hopes that natasha would tell tom to remove his crop sprayer from her orchard but no she was delighted at his honesty oh that's brilliant i am so pleased for you said hannah in a delivery so unconvincing she's a shoo-in for the canterbury tales lily has realized she's made an appalling mistake living in a semi-detached house on the housing estate with an unemployed artist who cooks beans on toast in a sous vide oven and she'd much rather be swanning around the family estate in a baby pink quilted jacket shouting things like the tree sergeant's coming at four where are my fireworks people come along now chop chop however 
being Lily, she is now keen to find Auntie Shula a man. She started thinking about an aristocrat joining the hunt and then dropped her standards rapidly to the man who came to Lower Loxley to make the Canadian ice sculpture. Just what Shula needs, a man with really cold hands and a massive chopper. <laughs> Clinton surpassed himself by having come to an uneasy truce with his stepdaughter, then immediately proceeded to piss off his niece. Lillian Kenton made friends pretty quickly afterwards because really, shopping your boyfriend to the authorities, getting him fired and very nearly put on the sex offenders register. Well, it's what family's for, isn't it? It was Stir Up Sunday, which this year featured Josh Archer, who has the unusual quality of saying the sort of things Henry Archer would say, but in a very deep, slightly cool voice. It was like Samuel L. Jackson was in the Brookfield kitchen, fannying about with raisins. I've made my wish, Gran. Happy Christmas to us all, motherfucker. Roy is now learning... Roy is now learning Bulgarian. All he can say so far is, where is the swimming pool? I think my Benitza is on fire and... Don't leave me, stay, for the love of God, I'll do anything. There were many things I do not understand about what our dear Derek Fletcher, a.k.a. Greavesy, so aptly christens Lexit. Why does Roy not propose? Why do my girls not come to England? How is Lexi imagining she is going to be able to be pregnant for a couple of micromanagers like Adam and Ian when she's living in another country? And most importantly, why can't Roy Tucker act drunk better? Is he teetotal? Has he spent every New Year's Eve at home with a cup of cocoa, playing words with the friends I haven't got? Who knows? What I do know is that we have not seen the back of Lexi. And if, to continue Greaves' metaphor, Roy ends up with a no-deal Lexit, I'm thinking Elizabeth could offer to be the backstop. The end. Yay. Well done. Well done. Uh, right. Where should we start? Last week, well, we've already started really, haven't we? We're a good well, few minutes yes. into and the podcast. Also- but like last week and average, yes, gone. You were, you knew were it, saying. Knew it, strawberry chew it. I said that Lily would come back and say, actually, I really like running an entire stately home all by myself, even though I'm only seven. Um, so I think she will stay. Mm. What's going to happen with old Russ then? Is he going to run back? Well, he hasn't announced who he is on Twitter yet, so he's obviously not hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is, if somebody noticed that uh, the cast list for the Christmas week, someone mm. tweeted it and it said mystery guest, a surprise reappearance of somebody. So everyone immediately went, oh my God, it's Rob. But surely they wouldn't do that to us at Christmas, the bastards. Um, well, so I think got... it might be Lexi coming back. Mm. I've got a theory on that. Ooh, what, which what, what, is what, what, somebody what? else's theory. Right. Uh, which I saw on the Twitters and I went, bloody hell, that makes sense. Now, um, I think the mystery guest mm. is going to be the person who has bought Home Farm. Yeah, but who is it? Debbie. No. Debbie, you know. Oh. Yep. Oh, hello, genius. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the whole thing, you know, so um, somebody's really yeah. interested, but they've sent round a representative. It's Debbie. I quite like the idea that she didn't play the asking price. <laughs> <laughs> but you're having a laugh, Brian. I'm not paying that. I know it's damp. <laughs> yeah. It makes complete and utter sense because they're not going anywhere. Uh, no. Mm. Right. Now, all right, so I've got some notes here because that's what I like to do. No, by the way, right, Darth. Um, welcome back. Thank you very much. Angela 
amply filled. Yes, thank your you, food. Angela, for keeping my seat nice and warm and leaving yeah. cheese sandwich crumbs on it. <laughs> and uh, but bloody hell, she's a she's a red communist revolutionary. That one, I tell you, oh, I know. She, she dragged me down a whole path of revolutionary works, and uh, you know, tearing down the patriarchy, uh, every kind of archy there was. She wanted to tear it down. So Good. can we have less of that from you now, now yes. Freeman? I'm, I'm the voice of Middle England, aren't I? Well, well, this is the thing. It was two working class proles together. Yeah. Bitching about everything. I bring a whiff of the Women's Institute. You see, that's what. <laughs> More than just a whiff. <laughs> you smell it from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right now, um, Neil and Hannah. Um, it's rumbling Ooh. on. Well, she's actually not really. Everyone's going. Oh, she's so manipulative. She's so manipulative. She's actually. She's not lying. Mm. She, she just tells absolutely the truth. She doesn't have an edit function. I don't think she is particularly telling Justin. She's not sort of leading Justin. She's just being, she said, Neil prefers to trust the, the uh, feed suppliers. I don't. And that's absolutely true. She's not, she's not, you know, that is what exactly what the situation is. So I'm not sure we can, we can tar her with being manipulative, but I, I don't think that, that how she behaves with Neil is particularly manipulative. I think he does just drive her mad. Yeah, but. What she could be doing, though, she could be running these new little ideas and schemes actually by Neil, and she's deliberately not. So Yeah, she... she's going straight to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's a bit, yeah, that you're, no, you're right, actually. No, but she only did that because Neil was off, she said. We'll yeah. see if she still carries on doing it now he's back. She will. She will. Sure I is loved it when, Liz, when Susan made him take his trousers off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene there for radio. There they are. Take them off, Neil. <laughs> Poor old sausage. Just, just sat down. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did think was rather delicious. Pat, Tony and Natalia. Oh, oh, God. We've all been to dinner parties like that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> Meeting the new person. Oh, yes. She's quite. Yeah. <laughs> she's very special. Yeah. Very... <laughs> She's very lively. That's where we're at. Means drunk. Very lively. I've, oh dear. But Natasha is just a bit tone deaf. But she's kind of in that slightly nervous, slightly you know annoying way. I'm sure she'll calm down at some point. But well, oh. she, she, she's she's tone deaf in in a way that also Tom is as well because he couldn't mm. see the unfolding disaster no. in front no. of him. And I just love the fact that Tony's just like, I do not like this woman at all. You know, you know, the poor man was just <laughs> bristling. Like, I could go on for hours. And he said, I'm sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what my favourite line was? It's just so, when Pat stomped upstairs, he was already upstairs complaining and Pat stomped upstairs and sat down and said, you're sitting on my nighty. <laughs> <laughs> there was just something so lovely and the, this is the last straw tony you are sitting on my nighty everything has gone wrong for me today i did feel sorry for her yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely but um, she hasn't had much of a run-in with helen yet has she there hasn't no. been much exchange between those two that's going to be interesting Yes, uh, I think you are. You've been very prescient there. That that there's going to be a proper clash, yeah, uh, between them pair. Um, just whilst we just here, and obviously Tom decided just to stop the kefir uh, production. Uh, do you know Trevor Noah? Yes. 
he's proper him. funny. Oh, um, he's a like handsome, funny, and yeah, just kind of yeah. clever. All it's of that. Like if Obama was a comedian, he would be him, wouldn't he? That's mm-hmm. he's just lovely. Yeah. I was watching um, his latest thing on, on Netflix and um, Kafir. Um, they, it's uh, utterly a term of abuse in South Africa, which I I knew, but yeah. I'd kind of forgotten. And yeah. he says, you know, when I first heard people that's having... That's with two about, Fs, though. Uh, yeah, but it's pronounced pretty much the same yeah. way. Yeah. When you pronounce it, you don't say how you spell it. No. And he just says, when I first heard people like Kafir, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the N word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just casually yeah. throwing it about. And like, yeah, so anyway, I, I just throw that in. Uh, Trevor Noah on Netflix, rather funny. You know what, though, Luce? I do slightly disagree with you. Well, violently disagree with you about cinnamon in an apple pie. I mm-hmm. quite like it. I'll stop it. Just it takes over everything. All you can taste is cinnamon. No, no, that's not true. You can taste yeah. the bloody, bloody apple. And very sparing. I, I think. Uh, well, no, I agree with you. You've got to be. You got to, you know, err on the on the light side of using. Yes, it. you can't be heavy-handed with the cinnamon. Mm-mm. No, gives it that little extra dimension. Right. Now, I'll tell you what I did think was a little bit of a revelation last week. Kenton. Kenton going to the yeah. school and yeah. dobbing in the yeah. lover of his niece. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. That no. made sense when, when you when you went back. Because when Kenton did find out way back when, yeah. he did kind of hit the roof, didn't he? And also, he couldn't do anything. His sister was in absolute, you know, he couldn't do anything to help Freddie that was all going wrong because of harassment. You know, he's, he was so angry with harassment. He just had a lot of anger washing around mm. and he thought that, you know, and there's nothing more frustrating if you're that sort of interfering person as I am, um, <laughs> that when well, you can't do anything. So you do the one thing you can do, even if it is a terrifically bad idea, which it probably was. Although, you know, I do think he's right. I think Russ is a git and he behaved incredibly badly. And, you know, he, someone did need to say something. But whether or not it should have been Kenton, I don't know. But, um, uh, yeah, you can see where that came, that sort of just that feeling of sort of impotence and, 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 and inability mm. to help Elizabeth and desperately wanting to. So just. Yeah. No, no, no. Hitting the first absolutely. wall he can find. Absolutely. Um, just rat- rattling through uh, before we get onto the calls. Um, this scarf is going to create a bit of a to-do, isn't it, in the play? Yes. Well, someone's mm. got to, for the love of God, someone has to tell Will and the children that, that Fallon is going to appear dressed as their dead mother. I mean, for crying out loud. It's <laughs> <laughs> only simple to mention it, you know? It's kind of... Yeah, and yes, he, I think I'm sure I'm sure Nick would like to feel that she was still involved in the play, even though she wasn't there, especially as she used to do the costumes. But for God's sake, tell someone and don't have one of those ridiculous conversations where the other person won't stop talking. So the first person's going, yes, but I just wanted to no, But if you could just, oh dear, oh dear she's gone. And you're, you know, one of those conversations, not that. Mm. Um, costume making. How often do you use trousers as sleeves? Are you saying I've got my hands up, Jazzers, trousers? <laughs> <laughs> now, why did CSE needlework, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, Lucy, you don't make no. a sleeve out of a pair of trousers. Uh, you just but don't. don't you remember the last Christmas show? Mm. There was a, a no, there was a hoo ha 
uh, Roy Fields. Do you remember the hoo-ha in the last Christmas show? Was that to do? <laughs> because very glibly, the scriptwriters had yes. between a hoo-ha, a to-do, mm. and a brouhaha. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. You see, they are all subtly different, I think. A brouhaha is a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. A hoo-ha means a lot of fuss about nothing. What was the other thing? To do. A to do. That, that that strikes me as more admin heavy, a to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good. Right. Meanwhile, um yes, last year they had Lillian who clearly Oh couldn't... wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about a set two? Oh no, that's a that's an argument. Okay, and right. And to do in a brouhaha and a hoo-ha, a lots of people, a set two are t- is two people having a pop yes. each other. Yeah. Okay, right. Any more? No. Okay. I think, I think I'm clear now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, uh, yes, last year they had Lillian, who clearly is the world's most impractical woman, suddenly mm. being marvellously adept at a sewing machine and knocking up costumes left, right and centre. You know, she said one yes. minute she's going, now how do I plug this in? And the next minute she's going, finished. You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. You've got and whoever, such a great memory. I whoever wrote about that, that had clearly never been near a sewing machine or made mm. anything in their life because it takes you six months and the thing that you end up making is covered in blood because you've... <laughs> My salvages were always wonky, I tell were you this. They? Always wonky. Good grief. Anyway, mm. so... Um, so let's be back to that again. Using trousers for... They need to have a sewing... Cor- never mind the agricultural correspondent. Just get a bloody sewing correspondent. Mm. I did think it was rather brave that Jazza mentioned, you know, the colloquial word for underpants, skids. And yes. Lou- <laughs> and I just whistle. thought he meant skid marks. And I thought, has he got... Is, he, is there skid marks on these trousers? And... <laughs> I didn't understand at all for a minute. I thought, this is taking a horrible turn, especially after Lily said bloody. <gasps> Shocking. Oh. But just that Linda kind of like, we're not having anyone skids, Jazza. I just thought it was like <laughs> rather on Radio 4, but anyway. Uh, now, um, now this, I, you know what? Before we go on any further into uh, the last week in Ambridge, I suppose we really should um, have the great uh, callers, caller in from, from Dum Dum Land in on, on the act. So let's do that because I, but I do want to get to the bottom of great love triangles because I think we might have one brewing in the arches. Hello, Ambridge 3962. So first off, top of the shop, it's our Vicky Cole. Morning, everyone. This is Vicky Cole. I hope you're all well. Um, I just wanted to say I thought the archers seemed different this week. I mean, mm. I don't know if there was a different script writer, but we we sort of lurched from moments of low comedy. Oh, you are awful with yeah. you know Poldark and quickies and medallions and chest hair and people's hands down jazz's trousers. Yeah. And I just thought. Ooh. And then it all got super schmaltzy at the end, didn't it, with the Christmas thing? And I just thought, oh, you know, this is a bit over the top. And then I unexpectedly found myself in tears right at the end. Right. So I didn't know where I was this week. But anyway, it was very enjoyable. Um, 
And I'm very, very glad that Lizzie finally got to see Freddie in prison, and I'm hoping that will make her feel a little bit more settled and balanced. Um, so that's it, really. Um, I'm quite busy the next few weeks, but I will try very much hard to keep up with the archers and, and Dumpty Dum. Thanks for everything. Bye. Why? Why was Vicky crying? Because Lizzie got to see Freddie? No, because they did the tree. And she was worried whether or not they, they, they dressed the tree, oh, didn't she? Yes, her and Rex. No. And she was worried. No, that, she didn't that was know lovely. Her. Yes, yes. She I completely have forgotten all, all about that. Lily, great social antenna, and she knows how to read people. And, mm. and also, it was a very lovely thing to do for her mother. And yeah. absolutely lovely. No, that, that was uh, definitely done, our Lily. Well done. Um, let's have a touch of KJ. Hi, Lucy, Royfield, Robert and Dumpty Dumbers everywhere. KJ here, also known as Eggstones on Twitter. I'm calling in with a plot prediction for you. I think Lily will trade in Russ for a younger model, which is Rex. Yeah. This will result in Hootie Deal being totally over the moon when she learns about Ambridge's new power <laughs> couple, Lilex. Keep up the good words. Um, yes, there did seem to be a lot of chemistry there. She seemed very relaxed with him. Uh, she sort of turned to him in her hour of need and um, and let's face it, you know, we don't have any mass, apart from her ridiculous over-enunciation, we don't have any particular beef with Lily, do we? And we actually quite like Rex, so they might be a very nice little couple. And also, she says patronisingly, and also um, <laughs> they, you know, she's kind of, Rex is very practical and that's what you need at somewhere like Lower Loxley. And uh, and Lily can do all the management stuff. Mm. And I think Rx needs um, a, a strong, forceful uh, partner because he's a bit yes. bloody wet. Yeah. yeah. So you get a yeah. uh, you know compare and contrast between them yeah. pair. So it would work. And he's a little bit older than her. We all know that she likes an older man. Yep. Hmm. Hi, Dumpty Dum. Uh, it's Claire from Clapham here. I wanted to reflect about Roy and Lexi following last week's podcast and various new goings on. I don't think there's anything untowards of the sacred secret plans. I think that Lexi does care about Roy. She just doesn't think it's practical to have that relationship across different countries with families in different countries. And I think she's just trying to break it off before it gets any worse. It's a break up later. I do, though, think that she takes very seriously the commitment she made to Adam and Ian about the surrogacy. And I suspect that having had two attempts at implantation that failed, she's kind of banking on the last one also not working. So she's felt like she's kept her side of the bargain, but, you know, she can go back to Bulgaria, Hungary, with a clear conscience. Yeah, uh, I do feel for Roy though, bless him. I do hope there's someone else out there for Roy, just as Fallon sensibly suggested there should be someone out there, someone out there also for Jazza. And um, I think we all let out a little cheer at that. I'd say this has been a cracking week. I know there's been a lot of uh, comments on Twitter as well. We've had a really good week, and I forget the name of the um, script, script writer for this week, but can we have an interview with her at some point? Because I think that would be brilliant. Mm. Anyway, keep up the good work. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye, Bye. Claire from Clapham. Uh, Lexi and Roy. What is Lexi up to, Arlos? I think she is just really missing the girls. And as she said, my girls, as she said, she can't visualise a scenario in which everybody gets what they want. 
Um, so she's decided that, you know, as remarkable as we find it, she wants Roy. And so she's mm-hmm. going to be the person that misses out. So she's just taken the control back and said, no, it's me. I'm the one who has to sacrifice, uh, you know, myself. So I'm going to leave and I'm going to go back and be a mother to my girls first and foremost. And that's that, you know. Um, mm. I love Roy pissing around with maps of Bulgaria. <laughs> I thought we could live here. <laughs> <laughs> it is next to the nuclear power station. <laughs> Silly ass. Um yeah, I but I completely agree, Claire. I don't think I think she takes that very seriously. Her commitment to Adam and Ian, and I don't think she she would take the piss out of them, um, in in you know leaving and and not telling them what's happening. So inevitably, this time she will get pregnant. Mm. She has Won't to, she? doesn't she? Because it's the third one. Yeah, mm. rule of three. Oh yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Two two friends of mine that have had IVF both got uh, preggy first time. No, oh, really. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ames got pregnant this year, first time, went off to Cyprus, bish bosh bang, and Valentina got pregnant first time, and they, and they, they were trying forever and ever with every kind of you know natural mm. way, and you yeah. know te- you know monitoring your temperature at two o'clock yeah. in the morning. This is the time. Get on yeah. it. Get yeah. on it. You know, so uh, romantic. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, well, it's somewhat of a clinical business when when you when you mm. come down yeah, to that. Yeah, I know. Way, isn't I know. It? My friend went through it. And she said it's just awful. She said you start off in the beginning. They tell you to try and incorporate it with a massage or all this stuff. <laughs> and she said, and by the end of it, you just go, "Will you get on with it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's no 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 warming any partner up. Just so no, you perform no. now. <laughs> Now, <laughs> anyway, think about just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, Luce? Mm. I this has all been in my head, but I've been so confused about this one caller and where she was actually from. And this has been going on actually for years. And she doesn't call every week, but like a few times a year. And because my kids live in Burlington, which is what, some 30 minutes to the west of Toronto, but there is this uh, neighborhood called Pickering to the east. So when I hear well, she, she from Pickering. Could be. I mean, if you listen to her accent, she could be Canadian, couldn't she? <laughs> don't take the piss, Lucy. Have you, have you <laughs> been to Ontario? Have you been to southern Ontario? No, but I know that they Every don't. Every second like person. Has a British accent, seriously. Especially when you go into a shop. Everybody working in a shop in Southern Ontario seems to be from Newcastle, from Middlesbrough, from Manchester. So so stop it. But yes. Anyway, so Julie I asked Julie from Pickering some weeks ago, some weeks ago, please clear this up. And right. Yeah, you're scoffing, right? But uh yes. She's not from Ontario. Greetings, Lucy, Roy, Phil, Ooh. Millie, Bell, Yoko, Ooh, Mary, all all the world. Oh, well, I've mislabeled that. All right. Lucy, but Angela did a great job of filling in. I've enjoyed the political back and forth of the last couple of weeks. What I haven't recently liked, as others have also noted, has been how unpleasant Linda has been recently. People mm. have asked why her cast hasn't rebelled, and I agree. Maybe this will be the first time they all stand up to her, say no mas, walk off, and there won't be a Christmas show at all. 
Based on Linda's increasingly autocratic behavior lately, I wouldn't be surprised if this actually happens. That segues into what newbie Kitty and veteran Auntie Jean talked about last week. There does seem to be a lengthening list of people in Ambridge we don't like. In addition to Linda, there's Hannah, Russ, Elizabeth, Kenton, Tom, and Natasha. Some would add Roy and Lexi to that list also. Of course, none of them measure up to how much we hate Rob. So in the spirit of the rating scales we use in psychiatry to evaluate conditions such as depression, anxiety, OCD, and ADHD, I propose the Witherspoon scale, which measures how much a listener currently hates an archer's character from 0 to 10. At the top of the scale, at a permanent 10, is Rob, of course. At the bottom of the scale, at a 1, because a 0 would merit sainthood, are the late Caroline, Nigel, and Nick, because nice people are perceived to be even nicer after they die. For instance, Kenton may have been an 8 earlier this week when he argued with Lily, but then dropped back down to his normal 5 when he apologized to her on Friday. So yeah. please consider this report quest. We'll do some clinical studies to evaluate reproducibility of scores, and I'll submit an article into a scholarly journal of or the Archer's Academic Conference Yay! later next year. Talk to you all soon. People can slide up and down the Witherspoon scale within the, for me anyway, within the space of one episode. Really? For example? Yeah. Well, sometimes I will, I will, you know, when Jill's being annoying, I shout, oh, shut up, you silly old bat. And then by the end of it, I'm going, quite right, yes. Because <laughs> 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 I've completely, you know, she's, um, she's well, changed or I've changed my mind because I've thought about it. I can't have anybody. Susan, Susan is a total slider up and down the Witherspoon scale. Well, well, uh, uh, stop. Number one, Jill is a two, full stop. What a lovely human being with very human frailties when she displays them. No, yeah. I, 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 Jill's a two. Um, Susan, what do you reckon Susan is? But she slides up and down, you know. No, she doesn't. She does because... Jill Archer has never been anywhere near a pole. How dare you? Well, <laughs> when Susan mm. was bullying Neil... And saying to him, "You could, we can't all be managers, Neil. And it's not, you know, you're oh, just I not." You were talking about Jill going up and down. No, 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 Susan. You, okay. Um, you're you're just not a natural like me. Then she's highly irritating. So then she's <laughs> about an eight. Mm. But then eight. when That's she had, but, but when she had that taken off her, well, I hate it when she has a go at at uh, Neil, and Neil. I find it upsetting. Um, mm. when when she then. Uh, had the management position taken off her, mm. in my mind, she then shot back to like a two because I was like, yeah, poor Susan, I bloody hate Tom. <laughs> so, you know, we, there's a lot of scope there, I think, for people hurtling up and down the Witherspoon scale at a rate of knots. Mm, I, st- I is think that just me I, being I completely think Susan's ever an eight, though. If Rob oh, really? is a 10, I don't think Susan's Yeah, no, eight. okay. Come on now. Okay, six. Like, I think, well, eight and nine is reserved to um, Matt Crawford. Yes, and, and like, that, that's that level of evil. No, not Matt Crawford. I've got a sneaking liking for Matt Crawford. Yeah, yeah but if anybody goes up and down a pole, or is it yeah. a Russian even up and down? Or is it a Montenegrin? A, a Russian? Matt. Well, oh, pole, no, no, yeah, Costa Ricans. 
hurtling yeah, up and down. But, but when they had that, they had that ridiculous storyline, it was all about the the Russian mafia. Didn't he fall yes. in love with some Russian woman? There was some I don't nonsense. know. I didn't. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think Matt definitely goes up and down scale but i think matt yeah. crawford is worse screwing over auntie cardboard and stuff yes he was an eight yeah definitely yeah. an eight yeah you know. but then when he makes me laugh he goes down to a three <laughs> see <laughs> this is why i'm rubbish with men royfield this is what happens you see God. um yeah. well um <laughs> I tell you what, you're rubbish with men and I'm rubbish with technology because I managed to complete and utterly mislabel... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. Just before we go on to Julie from Pickering, not in Canada, um, mm. Witherspoon said that Linda was being utterly foul this week. But mm, do you remember last year... Sorry. What? Yeah, yeah go on. I know I keep going, yeah, but if you remember last year, this episode, but if you remember the last year... We said the same thing. We said we like Linda until she's doing the play or she's got something to organise and then she is utterly, utterly vile. Mm. She's an autocrat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty nightmare. Never mind an autocrat. She's just horrible. Mm. You know what? Linda is ve- Linda when she does the plays, right, she's very timely. She's very 2018 because she is like a dictator. She's like a strong yeah. man, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. She's Trumpian. She yeah. is uh, Putin-like. She's all of those horrible, na- nasty fascist in Brazil, Bolsonaro, whatever the heck his name is. Good God. Yeah. But other than that, she's rather quite lovely. All right, now, uh, and idiosyncratic. And I remember when she came into the show. So what I was trying to say beforehand, trying to do my uh, podcast relink was, uh, you're rubbish with men, and I'm definitely rubbish with technology, but now I've corrected the issue. Here we go. It's Julie from Pickering. Hello, Royfield, Lucy and Robert. It's Julie from Pickering. <laughs> just to clarify for Royfield, I'm sorry, I'm not just down the road from you in Canada. I'm in Pickering, North Yorkshire. The home to the glorious North York Moors Steam Railway, the fabulous North Yorkshire Moors, and a stone's throw from Whitby, Scarborough, and York. So if Ooh. anyone else is from my area, I'd love to hear from you. Back to uh, the Archer's plot. Um, I see the cracks forming uh, between Lily and Russ. He seems extremely clingy and I think that she's realising her mum needs more help and uh, perhaps she will come back. And I also sense a little bit of a, um, something between her and, um, and uh, not Toby, the other one. Rex. <laughs> Maybe they'll get together in the end. Who knows? And I also thought perhaps Justin had bought Home Farm secretly and was perhaps going to let um, Jennifer and Brian remain on there for a monthly rent. However, after listening to last night's episode, Monday evening, I, f- I fear not now because if the buyers are wanting them out for Christmas, um, I don't think Justin would be would be that. To, uh, that cruel to have them out by Christmas so maybe that my theory on that has been blown out of the water but I reckon Lily should just dump Russ uh, yeah. get a, get away from him completely he's a leech I'd leave him to forage his own herbs and uh, sort <laughs> his own tagine and three, three temperature kettle out and give him the hoof okay that's all I have to say on the matter toodles I, I, I love the you know English understatement 
know, cracks appearing. Oh, cracks, fucking chasms. Chasms <laughs> <laughs> wide. Right. Oh, anyway, thank you for clearing up uh, your geography uh, for us there, uh, Julie. Uh, I'm somewhat disappointed that you're not actually in Pickering. Uh, on <laughs> but, you know, you can't have it all, I suppose. Uh, now, Luce. Um, I think we've rattled through the calls at break. Hang on, we need a few. There's two emails. Ooh, all right. Uh, Mary Taylor uh, said, I think I'm an Emma, as I started this thing in 1984. Mm. I remember Susan getting pregnant before she was married. Not unusual in the Archers. I've just listened to the podcast and the discussion about Lexi and that her character is pointless. So I have a plot prediction related to Brexit. Mm. Lexi will get pregnant, go back home, then after the 29th of March will not be able to come back and neither will the baby. Maybe someone will try and smuggle the baby back. Uh, I love the podcast as I'm a Closet Archers fan and have no one to discuss the programme with. You always have us, Mary. And you're doing something else now, aren't you? No. <laughs> Chris Leckie. I was. Said. I was. What? I did. I know you were. I, I sent a message to um, Yokel Bear. He asked if he could do a post on the things that made England. And I went, yes. Okay. Um, Chris Leckie said Sorry, sorry Lucy That's alright, don't do it again um, Chris Leckie said I do look down disdainfully on automated dance music with zero lyrical content or imagination and precisely the same formula <laughs> as the song that was played before it and the one that will get played next, however that kind of music you can dance to is a world away from the output of the smart cookies who crafted What's Going On, Window Liquor or Handsworth Revolution Having said all that, I like ACDC too, and their lyrical content ain't exactly Shakespeare. What the hell did you talk about on last episode? Anyway, regarding this week's Archers, it was delightful to hear Hannah's attempts at derailing Tom and Natasha's fledgling romance backfiring tremendously when the Welsh Queen of Fruit Juice took the revelation <laughs> of Tom and Hannah's prior friends benefit situation with such good grace. However, having heard and squirmed my way through the new couple's extremely uncomfortable and awkward dinner date with Pat and Tony, I'm not altogether convinced Natasha is a better option for Tom after all. On an entirely unrelated matter, if you haven't done so already, check out Dan Snow's history hit podcast this week, The Maps That Made America. Right up your street, I would think, he says. Mm. Chris Leckie and I had a bit of a to-do, uh, Luke. Right. It's been going on for a little while. Uh, Chris Leckie called me an inverted snob and then went on to castigate dance music. And... <laughs> Yeah, and I told him very nicely to fuck off. <laughs> very nicely, because Chris is a, is a very nice gentleman. And so this is his repast. So we're going backwards and forwards. Um, I have the bully pulpit of the podcast, He and then he emails in. So, so yes, uh, ACDC are rubbish. Uh, it's official. <laughs> I won't even apologise uh, for saying that. The only, the only other thing I would say is that I think a lot of modern danceable music is actually derided and shouldn't be because um you look at somebody like like beyonce and musically um that stuff is incredibly clever and and you think of um even kind of like the pop dance of people like um britney spears uh incredibly well crafted from like the, the swedish kind of like pop pop producers so and um, I don't know what I'm saying now, Lucy. Please help me out, Luce. I've, I've run um, up in steam because I've been up and down the stairs three times. <laughs> let's play, while you have an asthma attack, mm. let's play Mike Hatton. Right. Hello, you two. Stop press. 
With the return of the right you are's last month, we had a momentous event at the end of November. Two, count them, two right you are's in one episode. One from Jazza and one from Brian. I need to sit down. Along with one from Neil at the beginning of the month, that gave us three in total for November. Still no Hello You Two's though. If anyone hears a Hello You Two on any other Radio 4 programme, let me know and I'll know my quota theory is correct. Another important event last month was the appearance of three, count them, three characters sharing the top spot in the character count. I need to sit down. Again. Elizabeth Pargeter was there for the third straight month, and she was joined by Tom Archer and Hannah Riley. Thank goodness there were fewer sounds of zips being hurriedly fastened during their scenes. The first four episodes of the month featured Elizabeth giving her the top spot in the consecutive episodes chart. And in Brexit-related news, the gender ratio was for the third time since records began a 52-48% split this time in favour of the women of Ambridge. Finally, I'm not normally one to make a plot prediction, but I wonder whether Tom and Natasha's relationship will develop, only for her to jilt him at the altar, just like he did Kirsty. What goes around comes around, Tom. Well, December already. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Luce, we have mm. so many lovely, warm, intelligent, thoughtful people who just give up their time, don't we? I know, I know. What we very do we deserve such a wonderful listenership? I have no idea. Hmm. I think maybe in the Buddhist and all, I obviously did something really dreadful in a previous life. Oh, no, that means I did something good in a previous life. Oh, I don't know. How does karma work? You're the Buddhist. I know. <laughs> but isn't that not lesson feel, one? But I feel blessed. I feel utterly blessed. Do so lesson one blessed. is shake a tambourine. Second lesson, what is come? Mm. No. Uh, lesson one is uh, to display uh, compassion, wisdom. Oh, crumbs. And I've forgotten the third tenant. I'm a rubbish Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> emailing on the <laughs> wisdom and compassion and oh, crumbs i need to go memories back to temple no i need to go back to temple right uh well, whilst i'm thinking about that let's have a commercial break come back the other side with a touch of the yokels i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. Um, and I want to start this with a shout-out, somebody. I met another Dumpty Dumber in person this week. Um, so a big shout-out to Nat from Bristol, um, who turns out is both a Dumpty Dumber and also a work colleague, a friend of mine. And we all ended up going to the cinema this week. And um, she happened to mention Dumpty Dum. And I said, well, it's fine, you should mention that because... Yeah, I'm a little bit involved in Dumpty Dum. Anyway, big shout out to Nat. Um, So, we started the week by talking about how rude some people have been. Uh, Particularly Natasha with her I don't like cinnamon and Mm. her makeover of Pat. That was awkward, wasn't it? That whole dinner party (laughs) just, you know, it's just buttock-clenchingly awkward, wasn't it? Um, But also, as well, more rudeness in that confrontation between Neil and um, our very own Hannah House of Horror. Pat Ralph Hammond said it was painful listening. Um, It seems unlikely that someone who's uh, been in sales would be so clueless in the way she deals with people. Yeah, um, uh, Natasha's a bit of a bull in a china shop, isn't she? Um, Which is bad news for Tony. You know, anything to do with bulls. (laughs) But Claire Taylor also said, even if you do hate cinnamon, you'd force it down to impress your boyfriend's parents. Mm. I always did until until my feet were under the table. Good work there, Claire. Um, Also as well, um, Lillian McCartney was um, channeling Nina Simone when she said, oh, cinnamon, where are you going to run to all on this day? Uh, The Clinique counter at Debenhams, perhaps? Um, Whereas Cat Wern said... I was initially thinking that Hannah was the rude one. And while she should have spoken to, um, she shouldn't have spoken to Neil like that, he did go on and on at her rather than asking her succinctly to explain what had happened. Now, yeah, Yeah. I think that's quite true because there's kind of a blind spot that Neil's got for Hannah. Um, Normally he's so kind of calm and he knows what to do and he's grown up and what have you. Um, But but he seems to fall to pieces over Hannah. Um, he seems very, very threatened by her, which, I, you know, is, I don't know. It seems a little bit um, out of character for Tony. Um, but this actually led to a big discussion that we had this week when I posted something saying that I'm not really liking the way the script writers are writing um, some of the ambitious female characters as kind of stereotypically nasty. Um, And so I kind of put it out there to see what people thought. And a lot of people did agree. Um, Whereas, but however, Paul Green did point out that Lily seems to be the exception to this rule at the moment. He said Lily is showing skills at a young age while everything and everyone um, else can't cope with anything. Um, But also as well... 
Jean Bell thinks that this is a cruel vendetta against Tom, whose future does not look sunny under those wood chip mulch trees. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to be another one of Tom's absolutely doomed love affairs. Um, because he seems to have gone in feet first and what have you. Yeah, I, I, I fear for Sausage Boy in this one. Um, Fiona Crawford also agreed when she said, totally, it is very annoying. Also, I was struck by how Helen just took what Lee said about his wife using his children against them at face value. Is she just blinded by his six-pack? Um, I think we're all blinded by a six-pack sometimes, aren't we? I certainly am. But anyway, enough of that. But also during this discussion, Laura Jackson posted in what I think is possibly one of the most insightful posts of the week. And she said that uh, whilst the all three characters in the Hannah, Tom, Natasha triangle are, are pretty deplorable at the moment, it might be that the writers have to create a strong way for a new character to make a quick and new impression to distinguish them from yeah. the folks we already know. And yep. if they were bland, we would wonder what they were doing there, like Daniel's girlfriend. Um, when yeah. Anisha arrived, she pretty much railroaded Alistair into upgrading all his equipment and then calmed down. When Rex and Toby arrived, not female, but to my but new characters to have an impact, um, Toby was pretty much, you know, Toby. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty insightful. Um, yeah, that's I, I do agree with that as well. Um, talk of Anisha, Drew Hamilton said, I miss Anisha. Hell, given the current selection of young women, even Pip isn't as annoying as she used to be. Natasha yeah. is like Yoko Ono coming to break up the Kafir gang. <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoyed that one. And whilst we're on the subject of the Hannah House of Horror... Melissa Williams posted a plot prediction this week which she basically just said, Hannah's pregnant. And this led to quite a few comments. Stephen Botley said, Well, it is a farm after all. Maybe they should spray paint Tom's belly with red paint like they do rams so everyone can see where he's been. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Um, Stephen Bowden said, Isn't the correct term in this instance... In Farrow. Yes. <laughs> Bit of farming jargon there. Great. That's what we want. Martin van der Heuvel said to the suggestion that Hannah is pregnant, I'd like to quote the classic words of Brenda from Bristol. You're joking. Not another one. <laughs> and rather oddly, Joe Harmer said, God, I sincerely hope not, unless it's Neil's. Um... Can you what? see that happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is there something going on we don't know about with Hannah and Neil? Does, uh, is Hannah protesting too much? Oh, my God. Could you imagine Susan? Can you imagine Susan if Neil had an affair? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be brilliant. She would just go on the rampage. This is fantastic. Script writers, make this happen. Jane Gagedall also commented that would be a repeat of Kirsty's pregnancy last year, making Tom some kind of sperminator. Now, I'd like to point out that as far as I know, this is the first time the word sperminator has been used on Dumpty Dum. So, well done there. That's a first from you, Jane. Brilliant. The last one I'm going to read on this subject is from Bid Harrison, who just said, Rosemary's baby. Dan, dan, dan. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs> 
Another thing we talked about was the scene this week between Linda with Brian, Roy and Jazza preparing for the play. Now, I think people from the Book of Ace know that I am not exactly convinced about the Chaucer thing this year. Um, but those scene, that scene was so well written. Um, absolutely loved the, just the comedy of it and everything. Just loved it. So, thought that was my scene of the week from The Archers. But other people took some rather negatives from it. Nick Mir said, skids, yikes. <laughs> and Rob, Sh- Rob Shosh said, um, horrified at the thought of Justin's chest hair. Will there be a podcast this week? Um, yeah, there is going to be a podcast this week. Um, we don't do it based on how much ju- how much um, chest hair Justin's <laughs> showing. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's a lot of people didn't really like the idea of. Um, Justin's chest hair. Apart from Franklin, have um, Franklin uh, Habit said of the chest hair. Oh, rather, the more male nudity on the archers, the better. One still <laughs> fans oneself remembering the crucifixion of that delish Christopher Carter. Uh, whereas Stephen Bowden replied to that, some of us remember Sid Jolene and the shower scene. Oh, Definitely yes. not delish. <laughs> so anyway, there's only one way to find out. Justin's chest hair or not Justin's chest hair. It's another Dumpty Dum People's vote. We put it to the vote and the results are in. 195 people voted and 81% said, oh my God, no, please keep your chest hair away, Justin. Whereas a paltry 19% said, four, yes, please. Um, So there you have it. That is the people's vote. The will of the people is no chest hair. Please, script writers, tuck Justin's chest hair away. Anyway, um, it's been a good week on the social medias, so um, comment, come along this week, come and comment some stuff and and dive right in. Anyway, um, that's about it this week. Um, there is no um, Joe Grundy's custom corner this week because I've gone massively over time. But anyway, um, it'll return in two weeks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Lucy. Yes. Compassion and courage. Right. Wisdom, compassion Good. and courage. Phew. Hmm. Right. That's th- my, my Buddhist uh, membership card will not be revoked. Uh, right. Now, uh, tweets of the last seven days. Chop, chop. Um, I've got things I need to do after this recording. Okay. Esther Pickle. It'll be eight years this January since Uncle Dave lured my dad up to the roof and pushed him off. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Sally and Huxtable. Rex spends so much time in the friend zone, he needs to buy a house in it. Aki Lou said, if my mother were in Pat's place, they'd be dead fucking Natasha on the front lawn after that dinner. Yes. Uh, Little Kim. Please, for the love of God, will someone just go to Bulgaria? I'll go myself if I have to hear much more of this. And Tweet of the Week was from Sally Annerley, who said, I hope when Lily dumps Russ, she wedges his todger down the spout of the three-temperature kettle and boils it slowly through all the settings. (laughs) That's inventive. I like that. (laughs) 
So this, just before we, we completely wrap things up, after saying that I wanted to like hurry you along, it was rather rude of me, I do apologise. Um, so this like, love triangle, yeah, you know we we haven't really uh, investigated it this week, have we, on the podcast? You mean Hannah and Natasha and Tom? Yeah. So the fact yeah. that you know Natasha says to Tom, well, I we know think... he's going to end up with Kirsty anyway. So you know, <laughs> this is all. So it's a love square. But let's just deal with the triangle uh, at the moment. Yeah. Right. Um, which literary uh, kind of love triangle threesome is this most like? Do you think? Because I did a tiny weensy whitey bit of, of research, and and I don't know, mm. and I don't know. Uh, but, but, but like you, but like you, you know books and stuff, right? So I do a bit of the reading. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So is it Age of Innocence? <sighs> no. Why not? There's. It's too calculating. The way Hannah is, mm. there's an element of the Becky Sharp about um, Hannah, I think. Um, but that wasn't re- that wasn't love triangle. That was. Um, I always think of Emma Grundy as Emma Bovary. If that helps, probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Let me have a think. Who would the love triangle? All right, describe the love triangle. They're both deeply unpleasant women, I think. Okay, describe the dynamics of the love triangle in Wuthering Heights for me. Um, well, that, but that just—that's not really it either. Hmm. It's. I. I read. Um. I was reading. Um. Uh. The. Um. Anthony Trollope. Mm Hmm. Uh. And it was. Um. Uh, the little house at Allington, which is great, and the there's a character in it who is basically Tom, but twenty times more intelligent and a woman, mm. and she has to choose between these two blokes, and they're both awful. And you just think, don't choose, don't choose one, don't choose one because they're both horrible. You're choosing between two shitty people. You know, it's not like there's the right one, and then there's. Uh, the, the, the 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 obviously wrong one, but due to you know novelistic circumstance, that in a uh, he's an option. Um, these were dreadful, and it, I'm gonna so sorry if no one if you you haven't read it and you I'm just gonna ruin the ending. But in the end, she chooses neither of them, and you're like, thank God for that. So I think actually he's mo- Tom is the male version of Lily Dale in the Little House of Allington, the Little House of Allington. Mm. And at the moment, he's been he's been completely sort of um, uh, love struck by Natasha, and he's at that awful stage of a relationship where you just think everything the person says is so fascinating and so brilliant, and they're clearly a genius, and da 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 da, <laughs> which is highly irritating to everyone around you. Uh, so it's round about that time, Luce, where we talk about maps. Or more to the point, you talk about maps because you got really excited by a map this week, didn't you? On the old uh, did you see it though? Wasn't it a good one? Uh, you'll have to tell us about the map. Well, explain it. Oh dear, it was about they matched up. You know, they've done all the stuff about matching up the 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 the, the slate the tra- the states in America that voted for slavery and which way they vote now and mm. all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They've done a similar thing with looking at 
um, prescriptions and concerns that men have Mm -hmm. and Google searches and stuff. And it was things like um, uh, impotence, (laughs) impotence, sorry, I shouldn't know, impotence getting older. Sort of generally, it was like, cross white men that's what it was it was the google searches of cross white men which matched up again with all the trump supporting states and i just thought you really don't have to be a bloody you don't have to be you know a russian hacker genius do you <laughs> uh, it, it, it it is uh it, it was somewhat stunning so it's erectile erectile dysfunction hair loss penis enlargement mm. penis size steroids testosterone mm. and viagra overlaid yeah. with voting patterns and it's basically it's trump's america yeah, angry. Yeah. A really, really cross little man who can't get it up and wonders what happened to his life. Amen. I knew it was just a matter of time before we, we found a map that you could be, get down with. That was it. Yes. That was the one. That is the one. I can stop it then. Now, <laughs> just, just whilst, whilst we're here, um, I've got great map news for everybody, map corner news. Um... I am working uh, 10 to the dozen uh, on the new podcast and it will be out um, hopefully towards the end of January. Um, And you will um, kind of dumpty dum esque but uh, you'll be able to call in and uh, say, oh, I found this map, Roy thought, and tell me the reason why you found that map interesting. And that will form part of the show. If you would like to help with the making of uh, the new podcast, Map Corner, Send me an email uh, to royfield at gmail.com or you can tweet me or something or another and we can <laughs> make that happen because I need help. So uh, so that's Map Corner. Now, Lucy, guess what? It's got a shop. It's got awesome things like a forum. And you, dear listener, can go on there and do awesome things like write your own post, just like Mike Hatton does or like Cosmo does. You don't have to wait along for us to, to do things. You just go on there, take a sense of ownership with dumdydum.com. Uh, Lucy, why don't you tell people about Patreon? Um, if you would like to, um, uh, to uh, help us pay for stuff like um, security, and servers and stopping the Russians getting in. Um, I mean, to the site, not just generally. Um, then uh, you like can sponsor us at Patreon. Yeah, you sponsor us on, uh, you can find us at <laughs> patreon.com. I wasn't listening. What did you say? I said you sounded like a Brexiteer there, not wanting the Russians to get in. And did when I? You, oh, I see, you sorry. swatted me away like, see, you silly man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then uh, yes, you can uh, you can sponsor us at uh, I think it's about two dollars a show. It works out at mm-hmm. on Patreon.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can also pay by PayPal. I think yeah, if you search for Dumpty Dum, yeah, yes, you can you can yeah. Um, some people do that, uh, and folks, and you'd think after two hundred odd episodes, I would know instinctively how to do the end. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. Go to dumtodum.com and hit the red tab. Or you can call us on 020331 sorry, 020 oh god 020331 to leave us a message via an ordinary phone. And we have to thank the good people at Vitel who've put on this service now for us for four years, totally free of charge. Uh, so thank you, um, your great you. supporters of this is a podcast. We don't big you up enough. So thank you, Vitell. 
for that wonderful service. Uh, you can find us on social media, specifically Twitter, where we are at Dum. Uh, Lucy is at... Lucy V. Freeman. I can be found at Royfield. And then there is also Naked Fingers uh, as well. Uh, and then on, of course, Facebook, uh, that is the Preserve of Millie Bell with a spoon and the Yokels. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. um, it's that time where I say any passing shots, you say something either wise, insightful or just plain funny. Go. Oh. I've got nothing, Royfield. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really set you up to fail there, didn't I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> you had nowhere really to go. Not a sausage. Mm. <sighs> it's all right, um, I did. We all carry on doing what you're doing, and it seems to be going all right. So that's fine. That's my inspirational message. I'm going to put that on Instagram over the picture of a sunset. All of you carry on doing what you're doing anyway. It's probably fine. That's my inspiration. That would be so insightful and like clever. Yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah, like wow. I tell you what I saw um, yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, film called Kings. Utterly brilliant. Yeah. It is, it's set in Los Angeles just before the LA riots. And I forget if they're 91 or 94, but early 90s anyway. It stars Halle Berry and Daniel Craig. It is utterly breathless. And though it's tragic, it's actually quite funny in places. So Halle Berry plays the mother, um, this, this kind of earth mother in south central la who likes to just swoop up kids and look after them she hasn't necessarily got um the the legal right to be looking after all these kids that she's looking after and there's a whole menagerie of kids and to the backdrop of this is the rising tension in los angeles because of the rodney king beating so the beating happened and then there is the court case and everybody's watching it and seeing um, the, yeah. him getting remorselessly beaten by, by the police officers when he's down yeah. on the ground. But it's a funny and heartwarming film. There's some great performances, performances in it. Um, the, the young man of the house... Wow, what a you know what a character, what a role. It's played so well, but it's utterly breathless, Lucy. I'd vaguely heard of Kings. It's on Netflix. Please go and watch it. There's okay. so many very funny comic scenes in it, but you know it's not a comedy. It is ultimately a tragedy, but it's played so well. And Halle Berry, I'm not spoiling any, but Halle Berry and um, Daniel Craig share a moment they kind of fall in love um it's 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 brilliant really good please go and watch kings it's on netflix uh so you can watch it uh and also if you haven't already seen it and you probably have because i'm always the latest to any party going um watch the um oj documentary made in america which is also similar for that yeah thing in that it's around the rodney king riots and it just gives because when you look at that you think how the hell did that entire situation end up the way it did? Mm. And then that documentary absolutely puts it totally everything. You just think, aha, and there it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. The, 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 the utter sense of powerlessness that yeah. these, yeah. that uh, 
black Americans, African Americans, felt in Los Angeles, the way they yeah. were treated by the police. Yes, that is the logical yeah. outcome. Was uh, the OJ Simpson yeah. trial because people said, yeah. you know what, fuck it, you know, it's, it's, it's a, yeah. and you see that absolutely with Kings. Kings, brilliant. Um, so I vaguely, vaguely knew about it, but it is a brilliant film. It's something just, just watch the, the cinematography of it. It just, it is just amazing because it is breath. I keep saying the same word, breathless, breathless, breathless. The camera. I don't think you mean breathless. I think you mean breathtaking. No, no, no. It's breathless. No, oh, okay. Because um, the camera Sorry. doesn't stop moving. And you, and, oh, you, and, and you get a right, sense right, right. of pace all the yeah. time. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But yeah. still within it, you know, it isn't like an action drama in that way. You still have moments of humour and poignancy, even though the camera just doesn't stop moving. It's, it's utterly a brilliant film. And and Dan, Dan, Daniel Craig, very, very, very funny character. Uh, it, it's a great film. Go watch Kings. And, and, and let me know how much you loved it on the Witherspoon boo scale next week <laughs> all right okay that's me done uh loose um it's been a pleasure having you back and um best of british to you and you toodaloo bye-bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.